Hey everybody, welcome to the Future Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Donlan, and I'm here today with a very special guest, uh, Jill Sinclair. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Yeah, really, really good. Thanks for uh, taking the time to come on today. Well, thanks for having me. This is very exciting knowing that we both have a love for cars in common. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. So you were, uh, just before we hopped on the, um, uh, the podcast here, we were discussing uh, your, in a previous uh, career, you were uh, known as, was it Hot Rod? Realtor. Hot Rod Realtor. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, right. Hot Rod Realtor. What, what cars did you say you had again? So I had uh, 60, 69 Corvette, 63 Corvette, 77 Corvette. Like it kept on, um, you know, like we'd get cars and then we'd sell cars. And I had 37 blown Chevy. Oh, cool. And I was very much a part of the car community. And I even had a podcast, or not a podcast, but a video vlog called Hot Rods and Cool Garages. Really? And I would interview True. all of the, like, you know, uh, Chuck Barris. Is it Chuck yeah. Barris? Um, Gene Winfield, like all the old, old, old car guys, like the Batmobile guys, uh, Chip, Chip, what was his name? Um, anyways, it was just, it was a lot of fun and I got to meet a lot of really cool people. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, our careers are kind of crossing over there a little bit. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of those kind of cars. I don't see, um, but I haven't seen too many of them in, uh, back in, back in Europe, but obviously it's a, a really, really different scene here now um, in, in North America. So yeah, it's a big culture here. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's like, it's just like a slice of Americana, you know, and they're made here yeah. and they're, uh, yeah, I, I love them. I think they're, they're totally out of this world. Um, so how, how are you holding up? Very well. Thank you. Um, right now. So um, for those who don't know who I am, Jill Sinclair, I'm an executive coach, author and TED talk and keynote speaker. So with me, my speaking career, Sean was just taking off. I was going to go across Canada with um, uh, Josh Altman from Million Dollar Listing LA. And I was so excited about it. And my, my promoter, he's the same promoter as John Travolta's promoter, which is pretty cool. And we were finally coming and pinpointing the dates and then COVID hit. So that of course has been put on hold till 2020. And so for me as an executive coach, I just have to pivot hugely, you know, big time, like I'm telling my clients to do. And so the biggest thing now is with executive coaching, it's how can I serve? How can I help? How can I uncover the possibilities and the opportunities that no one else is seeing? Because people are scared. They're freaked out. They don't know what to do because no one's gone through this before. So uh, to have another set of eyes to be able to look at this and, uh, you know, make different plans for people and make sure that it's sustainable, make sure that their employees are supported and yeah, do the best I can with what I've got. Yeah. It's incredible to see how people are, how, how they're adapting. You know, people just so resilient and they just, they thrive. They really are. So a lot of my clients, some of them are in, uh, some of them are in the manufacturing field. And so when this first hit and, and the whole concept of the masks and all the other things that you have to think about, how are we going to be um, uh, sterile, you know, when we're in contact with others? So I got on them right away. So, okay, so, you know, what? instead of manufacturing your clothes, can you do masks? Can you do gowns? Can you do this? Can you do that? 
And so they were able to pivot quite quickly and quite early on. Some marketing companies that I have, I said, okay, well, this is what you're going to need to do. You're going to need to step ahead of this and, and help people with the plexiglass, you know, be that resource for them. Um, do the, the signs that are going to be on the floors now, you, you know, that say stay, stay six foot back and have them branded. Like be ahead of the curve and provide this for people. Have the face mask with your logo on them for the restaurants, you know, and there's, there's so many ideas that people could definitely pivot with, but they just didn't think because they were in freeze mode because they were, they were scared. They didn't know what to do. Yeah. Right. So it's all about getting ahead of it and being inventive because every time something, not nothing to this magnitude, magnitude has happened in my lifetime, but every time, like, you know, 20, uh, 2008, um, you know, when the nine 11, all these things, we had to pivot. We had to, we had to change. We had to be on top of it in order to stay and survive in, in our respective businesses and fields. Yeah. The survival aspect. Yeah. It's interesting that you brought up those other, um, those other moments. And when something like that happens, like a nine 11 or a COVID there is, there's that initial shock and awe, And it's like, everybody just pauses for a second, but then you do see there's a saying tough times don't last, but tough people do, you know? You yeah. do see those. You do see those people really kind of coming to the top. Absolutely, yeah. And and that's the thing. And as a coach, if you look at, I, I use a lot of sports analogies. I have a lot of um, people that are in sports. You know, they they do sports extracurricularly, and so they resonate with this. And I, I always think that you know, professional athletes, they've got coaches, all kinds of coaches, right? And so why don't the top of the line business people have coaches? And it's my job to take away that stress. It's my job to take away that fear, to take away the uncertainty and say, you know what? I got plan B, you know, you've got this new team coming in and they're going to, you know, they're, they're, they're set to crush you. So we have to repivot what our, what our, um, our goals have been in the past. And we have to repivot what our new paradigm's going to be, you know, and, and, having clients that are open to that possibility is an absolute must. Like if I have, I, I would never take on someone who's closed minded, obviously, and someone who's uncoachable, but they have to look at this uh, and say, you know what, Jill, I don't know what to do. You know, it's in your court, help us out. Right. And, and that's the whole thing is having a new set of eyes that is always looking for opportunities. And it's interesting when I got into executive coaching, you know, consulting years and years ago, over 10 years ago, it, that's what we called it back then, you know, and, and it's just basically consulting is coaching, you know, in, in a large extent. And it's all about how can you see the opportunities that other people can't mm -hmm. and how can you be excited on a consistent basis? Because I get to helicopter in and I get to help people and solve their problems. And then I get to helicopter back out, you know, it's almost like a business squat, if you would. Right. And it, it's so fun because it's exciting for me. It's energizing for me. And I get to change lives on such a massive level. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. Something that you mentioned, um, closed minded people, do you get a lot of, uh, I wouldn't think you get too many closed minded people reaching out for executive coaches. I'd say a lot, a lot of people who reach out for that are open minded. Exactly. But so sometimes what may happen is I may be hired by a CEO or owner of a company and I'll come in to do deep dives with some of the executives. And sometimes some of those executives may have a closed mind because they think, oh, what does she know? And why is she coming in? And I know it all, you know, and it's like, OK, we're going to have to come to Jesus conversation because, you know what? I was brought in for a reason. There's some things that aren't working. And guess what, Sean? The funny thing is the people that have a challenge with me 
are usually the people that are the first to go because they're, they know that their job is at risk because they know they're not performing. Right. Yes. You know, it's almost like that kid, like if some kid is getting all upset about something and they know they're in the wrong, I'm like, crap, I just got caught with my hand in the cookie jar. I hate this, you know? And so with people, people that want the best for a company, they should welcome someone from the outside coming in to help them. Like I'm here to help. I'm here to serve. And, and when they come on board with, okay, let's do this, let's do this. Because it's all about inclusivity. It's all about working as a team. You know, using the analogy of a baseball team, you got everyone on their, in, in their positions. You've got the, the pitcher, the catcher, the, all the basemen. It wouldn't make any sense for the pitcher. I said, oh, you know what? I'm just going to go run out to you know, left field and try and catch that ball. What the hell would he do that for? He knows his role or she knows her role and they stick to it, but they're still teammates. They still know that they each need one another. And when businesses start to realize that, stay in their own lanes, still are there to help one another, but they stay in their own brilliance is what I love to call it, right? They stay in their brilliance, then everyone wins and you will have a success, successful team and a successful business for sure. Brilliant. Um, yeah, something else that you mentioned, you know, uh, sports athletes, sports athletes don't just have, you know, one coach. They have a coach for everything. They have a coach for mindset, for diet, you know, uh, strength and conditioning, cardio. And then, and then you have people who think they don't need any uh, coaching, you know, in the business world. Like, I, I couldn't believe in coaching more. I think mentorship, finding people that, you know, can look at, take a step back, like you said, almost like uh, swat in and swat out. They're not emotionally attached to the, to the decisions that you have to make. So I, I'm, uh, I'm, a huge, I'm a huge proponent of that. I think it's um, the most successful people that we know, you know, they all have coaches, they all have mentors. Absolutely. And like I said, the people that uh, poo-poo it or push it away, they're usually the ones that need it the most. But they, you know, if someone feels like they know it all or they don't need it, I, you know what, it's, it's, it's their closed mind and they're the ones that are going to suffer for it. And I, I mean, I just wash my hands of it. It doesn't, I don't bring my emotion into my work at all. Like I'm a very empathetic, sympathetic, caring individual. But when I'm, I shouldn't even use the word, but when I'm in the work situation and helping a business or helping an individual, I'm there to change their life. I'm not there to make a friend. I'm there to, to confront them so they confront themselves. Because oftentimes you have some people, some people that have been in consulting or coaching and they just want to assage and they want to, oh, you know, be that yes person and not really push the boundaries. I'm there to change your life. Like I'm there to completely change your life. I, I had someone call me quite a while ago and uh, he turned out to be one of my biggest clients. He called me out of the blue and he said he wanted me to come and help him in his business with etiquette training. And my first thought was, holy crap, if this guy, the owner of this company thinks he just needs etiquette training, he's got a whole nother ball coming. So I said, you know what, can I call you back in about two hours? I'm just going into a meeting. And in fact, I was at the track about to head out for my run. So I said, I've got an appointment. I'll call you back. I Googled the guy, looked up his business, and then I realized, wow. So if someone thinks they just need etiquette training, look at their management is lacking. They've, they've probably hired the wrong people. Their leadership, what are their uh, uh, goals and their mission, vision, vision and values? None of this would be known by the employees if you feel like you've got etiquette problems, right? So I did a deep dive with them on the phone, literally went almost an hour on the phone with them just to really see and uncover. And then I went in with my first proposal and people that know me, Sean, I went in with my contract in hand 
And I came in, had more conversation with him, and uh, turns out I proposed to him that I would do a deep dive with each one of his employees, and then I would tell him what sessions that he needed. And he's like, oh my God, right? Like, Joe, no one's ever asked me these questions before. No one's ever taken the time. Like, you are just thinking so outside of the box. Oh my God, where do I sign? Right? But I could have been that person that said, oh yes, I'll come in and do etiquette training for one hour or two hours, right? Yeah. But I'm like, no, that's not what you need. Like, you need something different. And the difference between an amazing coach that gets results and someone who doesn't is, is I will give you what you need, not what you want necessarily, not what you think you want, right? And there's a huge difference. And, and for people that don't care, they just want to cha-ching, make, make the money, and then move on to the next, like a hit and run situation, right? And so for me, it's all about, no, I'm here to help you and to change your life, to change your business. And uh, you just need to let me do that and trust me. So those are the clients I love to have. And those are the ones that seek me out because already they know, like with my brand hustler sophisticate, they already know, boom, she's, she's got it. She's in there. She's going to go toe to toe with me and she will not let me uh, wimp out on anything. She will hold me highly accountable. Right? Yeah. Accountability uh, is, ab is absolutely key. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your background, how you got into this um, uh, business coaching, executive coaching? Yeah, so I've had, I, I actually counted during this COVID time, I thought, you know, I'm going to use my brain and uh, make sure I keep it sharp. And so I wrote down literally every job I've ever had in my life. Oh. And I came up with 62. And then about a week ago, I was driving past a place. I'm like, oh, I work there too. So I got I 63 jobs. Now, uh -huh. neither proud nor not proud about it, right? But I've had 63 jobs in my lifetime. And I realized like, holy crap, that's a lot of experience. So I got into uh, sales, I think is where my mind started shifting a little bit because I started realizing I took sales and marketing at BCIT and I didn't take the whole course, but I started taking some of that and I realized, wow, this is, this is pretty cool. I love to understand what the sales cycle is and you know, how the mind works and how you can influence people. Right. And then when I became a realtor, I did very well as hot rod realtor out in the Valley and people would, I would get in, in um, media. I got on television, radio, all the print ads and got it for free really. And so they said, Jill, how are you doing so well with this? So I very organically got into consulting at that time. So this was way back in 2008 and I started consulting like on the side and starting to make money off that. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Like this is my jam. This is what I'm really, really good at. And this is what gets me up in the morning. This is what, this is what just thrills me is to be able to help other people. And then with the executive coaching came speaking engagements. And it's so funny, Sean, like even really three years ago, I wouldn't have thought that I would be a TED speaker. I wouldn't have thought that I'd be a keynote speaker. It just, it wasn't on my radar at all. And I mean, I used to act when I was in school, you know, up to grade eight, but you know, I've never really pursued that, you know? And so for me, it was like, wow, this is amazing. But, but, speaking on a stage as an executive coach and a keynote speaker, I'm just reaching more people, right? So I'm able to reach more people, like thousands of people rather than just the one-on-one. -on -one. So executive coaching, like I said, it just, it came very organically and it came through my experiences to people were seeing, and you know how, you know, the principles of influence, you look at someone who, um, like if someone has a Google review, you know, oh, you know, you're an amazing uh, salesperson with McLaren. You're the number one. Congratulations on that, by the way, being number one in Canada. That's huge. That's huge. Give yourself a hand. Um, but with that, you know, people look at that and go, wow, he's got this, this level that he's reached. 
I want to work with him. I want to, I want to buy a car from, from him, right? So the same thing with me is, is the more people that I got in front of, the more people realized that, wow, you know what? She is really good at what she does. And so I got on more stages. I got in touch with more people in the executive world. And I mean, this is my jam for life. This is what I made for. This is what I'll be doing is, is everything in the executive coaching world, everything in the keynote speaking. And, um, it's just, it's an amazing gift to be able to have this and to be able to recognize it, you know, that it is what I need to be doing for my life. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. Um, like when you, what are the main things you look for in a, I suppose, in a mentee or what would be your first approach to helping somebody change their trajectory or their company? Is it a full holistic approach or how do you approach it yourself? Well, that's interesting because um, I was speaking with someone the other day about the word holistic and some people like when I, when I first hear that word, I think of um, uh, crochet for some reason <laughs> and bees and incense. And so for me, that word has never really resonated, but I understand what you're saying. So for me, I'll come into an executive and I'll be like, okay, you know what? Basically your soul is mine. Your soul is mine for this period of time because I need to know you personally. I need to know what your personal challenges are. And initially they're going to be typically a little bit, uh, a little bit guarded on that, but yeah. So first of all, it's going to be, well, it's going to be the business, right? A deep dive into all their business. What are the biggest challenges that they see? What are their goals? All that kind of stuff. And then the personal life, their financial life and their spiritual or, you know, the other side of it. Right. If they don't necessarily, everyone's got something spiritual or religious or something like that. Right. So I look at all those four components and look at where some of the commonalities are and look at where some of the holes are. And then I look to build that as, because we are such complex individuals that if I don't understand what's happening at home, like if you've got a really crappy partnership at home, it will spill into your work life. Like dollars to donuts. I don't know if you've ever heard that saying. <laughs> Someone called me on that. The other day, what does dollars to donuts? I'm like, I don't know what that means. I just, I like this now. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So, so if I don't know what's happening in the rest of your life, I'm not going to be able to help you if you're hiding these things from me. So for me, all my, my, my clients, most of them are confidential, um, that I sign a confidentiality agreement. They do as well. And I come in and I want to strip them bare because I need to know how to help them, you know, and there's, there's a huge humility that needs to happen on both of our sides to be able to come in and, you know what, it's the quality of the questions that I'm asking to get the quality of answers. So someone says, Jill, do you have an intake form? I'm like, no, oh my God, I do not have an intake form. That is like, I'm not a robot and I don't work with robots. Like an intake form to me is, is I, I just don't believe in that. Like it's just, it, everyone is so different. And while some of my questions may be similar, like I'll just go a completely different way as to one of the answers that my clients gives me. Right. So the whole thing is if I don't understand you, how do I know how to help you? And this is like anybody's client. If you don't understand your clients, how the hell do you know how to help them? If you don't understand their hot buttons and what's important to them, how do you know how to help them? Right. So for me, like it's, it's absolutely mandatory. Like I got, I got to know everything. And then, and then we start to build from that. Right. And then just look at, okay, so maybe I need to bring in someone who is more of the, 
uh, health and wellness aspect of it to, to work with that side of their lives. We may need to bring someone in that is more, uh, as well as me, but has maybe some more spiritual teachings and whatnot, right? But again, it's, it's case by case with, with my clients and it's just determining that from the very beginning and caring enough to ask those questions, right? Yeah, I, I like that approach. Sometimes when you get those forms or, you know, you feel like you're in a, a doctor's clinic or something, you know, it's a little bit, uh, a little bit sterile, you know, and, and yeah. that approach where it's, you know, um, definitely more personable. You said you uh, started in 2008? Uh, approximately. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was a realtor from 2007 to about, I think 2012. So I was doing both cause I was doing some traveling as well. So, um, about 2008. Yeah. Okay. What has been the biggest changes you've seen, um, over the last, you know, uh, 10 to 12 years? Well, it's interesting, you know, with COVID because everything is Zoom and everything is, you know, uh, Skype or, or phone calls. And the biggest thing for me was um, with my real estate background, I worked with a lot of real estate brokers and owners when I first um, got into the coaching aspect, right? Because that's my, that's my background and uh, predominantly. And, and so my biggest thing was I was... Uh, belly to belly, eye to eye is what I would say. Because I'll, you know, I'm here to call you out on your bullshit and your excuses, right? Whereas in the real estate world, I don't know if you're aware of this, most of the coaching is done on the phone, like on the phone. So they've got most. If you talk to a lot of the high-profile real estate agents in the Vancouver market, usually you're going to find who who have coaches. Usually, maybe two out of the ten of them, or three out of the ten of them, their the coaches are either based back in Toronto for whatever reason or they're down in the States. And so I came, I'm like, what is up with that? Like, you know what, like, how do you help someone and, and really deep dive into them when you don't understand their market? Like how can someone down in San Diego completely understand the market here? Well, yeah, you can read up on it, but if you've got 10 clients, are you really in the know for your clients that are here? You know what I'm saying? Right. So me, that's how I differentiated myself with saying, you know what, I'm going to come in front of you, belly to belly, eye to eye. So, you, you know, I, I can call you out on your bullshit. And also I understand the market. I understand what's happening. And now I'm like, okay, going to back this bus up a second and say, well, now I'm going to Skype you because now I can see your, your face. I can see if you're fidgeting. I can see if you're trying to, uh, you know, multitask, all that stuff. So, so this helps uh, tremendously, of course. But for me, the, you know, it's, it's changing in that people in the Western Canadian market are looking more for people that are more local, that, that understand their challenges and go, I mean, I mean, Tony Robbins, God bless him. Like he's going to be people's, you know, life coaches for, for an, an, even after he passes. Right. And he's someone that is online. He's always been an online person, right. With his courses and whatnot. Uh, but people more and more are looking, you know what, how about someone local that understands my business that understands me. Yeah. And um, I love that because again, I'm local, I'm from the Vancouver market. Right. So for me, it's like, you know, looking close to home as someone who understands your problems, your challenges, understands the market, understands the demographics here, understands what's happening uh, and where the flows are going. Right. And in regards to speaking, my speaking career, it's, it's, uh, I'm taking that obviously virtually line and it's just different. How do I truly connect with hundreds and thousands of people like this at one time? Yeah. It's not the same as on the stage. It's just not, you know, and you can't, pretend it is like, I feel like I need to be um, some, some sort of, 
I don't know what what is that a hologram right in someone's room like if, if I could invent that that would be awesome to be a hologram in someone's living room right and and I guess maybe I should look into that right uh, but but again for me it's interesting because I, I love being with people. I love being on the stage. You, I get my energy from that, obviously, right? Like that's what, you know, singers, speakers, all that kind of stuff. We, we draw our energy from the people in the audience and, and, and we connect that way, right? So for me, I can still connect this way, but it, you, am I able to reach as many people as deeply as I would have been able to, you know, face to face, right? So I'm still working through that. I mean, it's, it's something that we, we don't know, but I'm having to uh, adapt just like everyone else. It's time to adapt. Yeah, it's time to adapt. Um, if you had to give somebody one piece of advice who was, uh, you know, in a um, basically just getting started off in their career right now, whatever that career might be, what advice would you give them? Be of service. Be of service 100%. Because when you're there, like the first thing I say, there's been a lot of LinkedIn um, connections with me lately. And when I when I respond to them and, and connect with them and like, thank you so much for reaching out to connect. Uh, how can I be of service to you is literally what I say, because I don't know what that means to them, because I don't know what their situation is, even though, you know, I always go on, on their profiles to check them out to see if it's if it's someone that I want to connect with. Um, but even if they're like the CEO of whatever bank or this company or whatever it is, I still don't know what their challenges are. So I can't assume, oh, hey, let me help you with this. I just say in, in all honesty and humility, how can I be of service to you? Yeah. Uh, they might just want to jump on a call and just say, hey, you know what, can I run this past you? So I open the door to that. And you know what? People say, well, Jill, why would you do that? What if you get inundated? I say, you know what? I'll never get inundated because people don't take advantage of other people like that, like in a good way is what, what I'm saying, right? Like I have, it's so funny because I feel like if someone said that to me that was in a position that I would look at as a mentor, I'd be like, oh my gosh, how can you be of service? And I would think about, you know what, you've just asked me, so I, I'm gonna ask you back, right? So so it's just interesting that the human, humans don't really, um, they're not really open to someone else necessarily, you know, helping them. They're like, Oh, what's, what's, you know, what, what's, what's in it for her kind of thing. Right. Or, or they, they cast judgment on that oftentimes. Right. But for me, it's all about being of service. So if you're looking in to get into a new career, how can you help someone say you want to get into sales or say you want to get into medicine or whatever it is, find someone that you admire in that field and look at how do you think that you could help them? You know, do they need someone that maybe their marketing is crappy and you're really good at designing stuff? Send them a, a couple of graphics their way, you know, if, if you're in that. Like, send them something for free to say, you know what, I want to value your time. I don't expect anything from you. I want to help you. And guess what? Again, dollars to donuts, you know, someone's going to want to help you, you know? And it's interesting because for me, um, I'm doing something really big. And super excited that I'm on this call with you because, or this podcast with you, because I can share it. It's called the Head Start with Jill. Okay. And what it is, it's a contest for people in BC ages 19 to 25. And what they'll do is they will submit an up to two minute video of why we should select them. And what they're going to win is uh, years business coaching with me. 
a mentor in whatever field that they're in. So if they're medical law, whatever that is, a mentor, one year of a condo lease, one year of a car, uh, etiquette coach, wardrobe, and the list goes on and on. Now, wow. Wow. can you tell me something? Is this something that you would like? Me? Yeah, I yeah. don't the age category, but it's a good, but it's pretty good. I know, but, but what I'm saying is like, oh my God, no one's doing this. And so oh, yeah. for me, I spoke at UBC back in February and the youth that were there, they were just so hungry and they wanted to be supported, but they also wanted to be called out in their bullshit. And I was like, oh my God, I need to do something. And so I started putting this thing together. And the reason I bring this up about being of service, uh, when I spoke at UBC, uh, there was two of the people that were uh, organized this in the marketing. One of them had just graduated. One of them has one more year. And they said, oh my God, Jill, your, your talk to us was so impactful. You've changed my life. How can we be of service to you? I mean, they didn't use those terms, be of service, but you know, after we talked, they're like, they're like, Jill, whatever you're doing, you want to be a part of is what they said, right? So we started talking and guess what? They're a part of my team now and they're helping with this head start with Jill. And we're going to launch this officially. We're going to tease it in the summer and then we're going to launch it in September and then the winner will be announced in December. And what's gonna happen is we're gonna choose the top 10 and then they'll come before a panel and then the panel of business owners and then we will decide the top three. So I am so excited about this. And this is also about the concept of pivoting. I'm pivoting my world because I was gonna be going to UBC and speaking to all the different um, uh, school departments, like the, the marketing, the, the medical, the, all these things, right? Uh, the business schools and SFU and Trinity, but now we don't know if students are actually gonna be in class. So I'm going to have to bring a welcome speech virtually, right? Okay. So, so we're working on what does that look like and, and how can we make it exciting for the students and how can we get their, you know, their buy-in to want to watch it. So, so I'm very excited about this because whether I'm gonna be in person or virtual, I'm gonna be able to share this opportunity. And some of the youth that I shared with are already, they're like, oh my God, I cannot wait. Jill, are you kidding me? All the only requirement is the age and that we send in a video. I'm like, that's the only requirement. Really? But it's not open just to students because I wasn't a student until, and I never even graduated college, um, but I wasn't a student until I was in my mid 20s. So I want this to be open to everyone between the ages of 19 and 25 to say, you know what? Especially during this time, Sean, like it's so important for us to support our young people to give yeah. them hope to give them light and to give them the support and the kick in the pants that they need you know yeah. to move to the next level of their lives so head start that's exactly what we're giving them is a head start in life brilliant i love it i think that uh today's society uh people are too you know participation trophies you know it's like you said these people, are, these people are crying out for like you said a kick in the butt and they're crying out for that direction and they want to succeed and they're being told everywhere they go that they're fine the way they are. Nobody is fine the way they are. Everybody needs to strive for something better, you know? So to do that, I think that's, that's incredible. I'm, I'm really excited for it. That's, um, that's brilliant. I love it. 100%. Well, you know what? Maybe we'll do a sidebar. I'll talk to you about this. Maybe you want to be one of the judges. Yeah, I'll be one of the judges. No problem. Absolutely. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. And again, like the whole thing is, you know, and I'm coming like as an executive coach and I'm literally saying, how can I serve? And I want to serve humanity. Right. So when I'm coming at life like that, life is just going to support me back. You know, it's just, it's just a love, love situation yeah. here. And the more you help others, the more, you know, you help yourself really. And, and so I'm very excited about the opportunities that are, that are going to continue to come in.
Brilliant. Uh, we run out of time. Can I, it was a quick 30 minutes. Can I ask you where should people um, look for you online? JillSinclair.com. Brilliant. JillSinclair.com. Jill, thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. Looking forward to um, uh, being a judge on this, uh, on this panel. Yeah, well, we're, we're going to have this sidebar and talk a little bit more about that in depth, all right? Okay. Thanks, everybody, for listening. That's the end of our episode. Tune in again next week for another future podcast.